Hi there, Emerald listeners, and welcome back to How It's Reported. My name's Sophia Prince, and I'm a new producer here at the Emerald. And with me, I have reporter Sally Seagar, who wrote a feature article, Caregiving Through a Crisis, How the UO Community Balances Work and Family Responsibilities. Um, and today in How It's Reported, we will be discussing the ins and outs of the story. Hi, Sally. Hi. So can you give our listeners a little background on the story that you wrote? Yeah, I guess so. I started off just having the story be like one of my weekly anchor stories. And then because the um, Center for the Study of Women in Society on campus was doing a caregiver campaign. And so that's what brought my attention to it. And then I kind of realized that like this is obviously a problem facing and their their campaign kind of focused on faculty but they like recognized the that it was affecting like GEs students etc so I kind of realized wow this is a problem affecting everybody at UO and everybody beyond UO too so I was like this would warrant a cover story definitely um did you have any sort of personal connection to this story I mean not not personally I guess in my life I've obviously known a lot of people who are caregivers and like I appreciate them for everything they've done in my life so it was fun to kind of talk to people in academia about the same thing that like my mom did and the other people in my family. So when I was reading your story I was super impressed by how many different people that you reached out to when I was reading I was like oh my gosh how did she like reach out to so many people um so yeah what was the process of finding contacts for the story? Yeah, so it was honestly a little overwhelming the amount of people I ended up talking to. So because this initially was just going to be like a weekly story that I like, I do within a week. So I initially had talked to a couple faculty members and I had like over the phone interviews with them. And then the story, we like realized it was going to become a cover story. So we kind of put it on hold for a while. And like during that time, I was slowly reaching out to more people via email and like like getting my getting a bunch of people to talk to I guess in my repertoire if that's the right word but yeah so I just kind of like I'm glad I had a lot of time to do it and reach out to people and a lot of time since it's obviously summer and people have other things going on not everyone's checking their work emails all the time or their school emails all the time so I'm glad I had a lot of time to allow people to look at it respond and like set things up with them. Yeah, like how there's a mixture of students and GEs and teachers, I found that that gave a, a better picture than if it was just students with kids or something. Right. And even like, even the like the student perspective is like something I didn't even think of when I first was doing the story. I guess a student parent or a student with elder care responsibilities isn't like the first thing you go to when you think of a parent I suppose but I'm glad I got some of those perspectives in there too yeah I honestly like don't think too much about um students who have to like look after their parents so I like that that was the opening to the story I thought that it you know gave it a little spice um so why did you decide on the lens of unequal labor divisions between genders instead of like a different lens I think that lens kind of came naturally from what the caregiver campaign from the CSWS the Center for the Study of Women in Society that was a big focus of their their campaign that they had so 
yeah, like talking about how gender or like most most caregiving responsibilities historically and like carrying on through today fall on women in society. So that's and obviously it's the center for the study of women in society. So that's kind of where that came from. Um, did you start reaching out to people after you read that study or were, did you kind of like read the study and then decide to sort of um, reach out to people from that like idea specifically? Um, I saw that the the center, the CSWS was had that campaign and I read like they had a couple faculty testimonials of people with caregiving responsibilities, mostly parents mostly parents with children so I saw that and I I think at first I reached out to like the director of the CSWS to kind of ask about the campaign more and then I reached out to some of the faculty who had already given testimonials so I had like some basis to go on but yeah does that answer the question you asked (laughs) yeah definitely um yeah I thought that study was super interesting as well and I kind of like that you went there because um, it, it definitely makes a difference, you know, if you're like having to look after kids and like be a teacher and be a student makes such a, makes such a difference. And it is like important to note that there's, um, an equal division among the genders, you know? Yeah. And like, while I've been working at the story or working on it, I've been home here with my parents in my childhood home. So, and I've been talking with my mom about the story I'm working on and she continued to tell me like this isn't a problem just in academia this isn't something that only like professors and students are um like facing and I think that's totally true and it was like it was cool to hear that perspective from her and it was still I'm still happy that I like focused on academia and UO because that's something important to the readers of the Emerald I guess right the university community so yeah it was I just wanted to note that (laughs) Yeah, I know. Definitely sometimes um, it can feel like academia puts itself above all this other stuff. And it's like nice sometimes to hear about ways that we can improve for sure. Right. I agree. Yeah. And also like when we got the notification that classes were online, I noticed that one of the reasons that the university gave was like, oh, um, a lot of elementary schools and daycare centers are going, or like not, obviously daycares aren't going online, but like elementary schools are going online. So we can't really do that to our um, faculty. And I thought that that was a good note, kind of, that as students, we don't think about that much. Yeah, that's something I was definitely thinking about while I was writing that too. Um. So I... Oh, wait, sorry, this next question we already sort of answered, but I guess if you have anything to add on it, um, I re- I really enjoyed the balance that you struck between students caring for grandparents and, stu- and students and teachers caring for children. Um, how did you, like, why did you choose the angle of both people caring for older people and younger people? I guess, so, like I've kind of said before, when you think of, like, a caregiver, you think of, like, an older adult, not a student, like an older person who has kids, right? And so you don't think of student parents, you don't think of students or people that, or like faculty or GEs that are caring for people that aren't kids. Like maybe they have family members that need care, maybe there's elders that need care in their family. So 
And also, I want to mention that the CSWS, in their campaign, they also mentioned, like, community responsibilities that, like, maybe I haven't experienced community care responsibilities because of how I grew up, but that's another thing people are dealing with now and always, not just during the pandemic. But, yeah, so I guess I started the story with that, um, with the an elder care scenario because I thought that was, like, something that people people don't really think about and it's a nice way to like maybe catch your attention when you expect it to just be about parents and the picture was of a parent but yeah so I wanted to like definitely show that it is a lot of parents with kids taking care of kids but there's also people in less traditional care situations yeah for sure um when I maybe as would read a title like this I'm imagining myself as a traditional student um how like what the UO community is to me without sometimes like immediately jumping to the fact that the UO community is so diverse and there are so many different types of students so many different types of teachers and GEs that all come from different backgrounds so I really liked that you started the story that way kind of opens your mind a little um, so I know we touched on this with, um, the study, but in terms of the statistics and resources for this piece, um, where did you pull from? The statistics and resources, um, I reached out to, um, the, I think the director of non-traditional students and I got some information. It's kind of interesting cause like the kind of information I wanted isn't as ex- like readily available as I might think, but it, I guess it makes sense. Like, um, how many students are parents and like that's that data is only collected through FAFSA and obviously to me now I'm like oh that makes a lot of sense but yeah and um, just kind of the testimonials on the site stuff from the CSWS in general they that was where a lot of my information came from and like based off of so kind of all stemmed from looking at that campaign interesting was there any info about how many students are parents or is that like all classified I I got that I we think we might have been intending to use that as like a little sidebar thing in the story but it just gave a number and it was like in the several hundreds among students at UO so definitely not a huge amount of people given the student body but still a significant amount of people enough to like warrant I mean obviously it warrants like recognition and acknowledgement and help I suppose and aid for that group but yeah definitely that's really interesting I was gonna say I don't remember if I saw that in the story or not um so is there anywhere that you suggest that our listeners go for further info about um the resources that they can get um if they are looking um to see like how other people are balancing family and work life yeah I mean this is definitely as I've said before this is definitely not just like a UO problem this is definitely not Eugene Oregon problem like you can google caregiving crisis pandemic and probably see articles from so many national news sources even like when I talked to the CSWS um, they mentioned like uh, something that happened in Italy that was caregivers being affected by the pandemic so obviously there's caregivers all over the world being affected so that's one thing just like google how this issue is like happening everywhere not just in our local community and I guess 
something I've been keeping an eye out for is if UO is going to like put like do any official acknowledgement I know maybe to like in in like student emails or emails to the student body UO is not necessarily going to be talking about the like the 4J school district being online or help for caregivers because that's not the demographic that is traditionally caregivers so maybe we won't see that in emails from the university to us students but I'm I've been watching for the university to see if there's anything put in place or any more acknowledgement put out about caregivers that are faculty or GEs or even students but and there's been a lot of recognition from the university from what I've found but I'm waiting to see if more stuff happens and definitely recognition for students that like might be caregivers not just teachers right yeah yeah so just looking a little bit like more big picture um what was the was the process of writing the story any different because of covid restrictions and can you talk to me about that this is tough question for me because i started working at the emerald during the summer i've only done non or reporting that's not via classes in the pandemic so all I know is reporting during the pandemic, so like talking on the phone. And plus, I've been home here in Minnesota for almost a month now, and that I can't I can't meet people in person anyway, even if there was no pandemic. So I guess it's it hasn't been any different than my the reporting I've done for other stories because of my personal experience. But I would assume that. If I could meet with people face to face, that would have been like, that would have given us a lot more in-depth interviews, a lot more fun stuff to talk about. I don't know. I, I'm excited for the day that I can have interviews with people in person and, and actually like connect with people face to face because a lot of the people I've interviewed, I don't even know what they look like besides a picture, you know, so... I'm excited for that one day. <laughs> and, like, such a big part of interviewing, I feel like, is body language and, like, kind of some nonverbal cues and, like, the way that you're, like, getting along with the person can kind of steer the interview. And that definitely over the phone can be really difficult. So Right. I agree. <laughs> um, have you taken – were you in uh, Gateway, the journalism class? Yeah. So that's my only experience I've had interviewing people in person. So at least I had Gateway. <laughs> Definitely. Did you think that that was that experience was um, a bit easier than writing the story because you had um, more ability to go out and meet people or? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Gateway is also unique because you have you have to find people like random strangers to talk to. And it's so much easier having a Daily Emerald email or a U Oregon email to be able to just reach out to people and they like instantly know you're like part of their community I guess but when you're like reaching out like DMing someone on Instagram that you find that you want to interview for Gateway it's like it seems more like harder to establish that instant connection just because of like who you're associated with I guess but yeah (laughs) but yeah I definitely think even writing stories outside of Gateway is such a different experience because I don't know during Gateway I felt like I was such a newbie now I feel like I have a little bit more going so yeah I definitely I still feel like a noob or a newbie but I feel 
a lot more, and honestly, I feel a lot more comfortable having the title of the Daily Emerald associated with me. Like, I can reach out and say we instead of just saying me in a class, you know? It seems, it's a lot more comfortable to reach out to people, I guess. Definitely, like, you feel more official and, like, yeah. I definitely think people (laughs) want to talk to you more when you are, like, associated with a newsroom because... It's, they're like, oh, I'm going to be, like, actually published, and people are, get excited about that, so. Right, and they're not just like, this is for a class? What? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah, I got that so much when I was in Gateway. I was like, <laughs> I know, it's kind of weird, but <laughs> I'm learning. Um, okay, so my final question for you is what, like, of all the things that you wrote, like, what do you want listeners to take away from this story as a whole? Um... I don't know. I guess one thing that, like, I guess I was just thinking through in my mind while I was writing it, while I was working, reporting on it, it's just that there's so many of these, like, people's lives and situations that I can't even, like, imagine. I can't imagine having to sit on a meeting over Zoom but have, like, two kids next to me working on something and I have to help them with schoolwork or I have to help them with, uh some science fair thing that they're doing on the computer too which they're also unfamiliar with and they're also lacking the human connection that all of us have been lacking during the pandemic and it's just there's so much that I never would have expected to hear there's so much I can't even imagine trying to do that it's just it's easy to forget that other people have like different things going on than you I know this is really cheesy but it's so easy to forget that other people have so much going on and are struggling with things equal to you and different than you and blah, blah, blah. So I guess it's just I wanted to put a new perspective out there for people that might not see it or recognize that initially, and I wanted to, like, put those stories out there for people who also would relate to them, even if they're not in academia or even if they are or whatever. I'm really happy you said that because when I was reading your story, I was kind of thinking the exact same thing. Like, especially during COVID, I find myself getting super wrapped up in like myself and what's going on with me. And sometimes it's nice to read something and be like, oh, like those are the problems that other like that people are having. And it's nice to like feel that compassion. And um, it kind of makes like set more sense, I guess, what the university is doing with going all online because people like because teachers like have their kids that are going to be at home and stuff like that even though obviously it was upsetting the timing of that announcement and everything but reading articles like this just I definitely think um make me feel a lot of like compassion for other students and teachers and GEs who have a lot more on their plate than I do right I agree like it's easy to think wow it sucks that I can't go eat at a restaurant but yeah, it also sucks that people are struggling to do their jobs and struggling to get their research done and their kids are at home bored and trying to do schoolwork online. Like there's so many things to think about in everybody's life and it's it's hard to, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Sometimes, it, yeah, sometimes, yeah, it's so easy to get wrapped up in your own stuff and then taking a step back can be like really refreshing and just be like, okay. Like, like we're all in this together a little bit is what I feel like. Even though I'm not a caregiver, like, reading this, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I feel for them, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I think this was a great interview. 
And thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you, Emerald listeners, for listening to this episode of How It's Reported. My name's Sophia Prince, and I hope to be on another podcast soon.